0: Today is Thursday, August 1, 2019. You're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. Where are we? Let's get a visual and a data intake going, and then we're going to pick apart a ton of charts. We have a lot of stuff to go over. The market did a lot of things today. There's a lot to take away. You can use today as a great learning experience. Today was a reversal. Intra day, the market reversed. We're going to look at the whole thing. It's going to be fantastic. Let's do the data intake first. So first off, the S&P was down about 26, 27 points. That's not a big deal in and of itself. But from where we were at the highs, it is a big deal. The Dow was down about 300, 280 points. Again, a big reversal from the highs. It's interesting. There's a lot of stuff going on. The transports got whacked. We'll obviously cover those. The financials, we'll cover those. That's another interesting scenario. What are the first two or three things that jump out at you when you look at the chart? couple of things jump out at me. A, I see the volume down below. Yesterday, we talked about the volume. We had a circle back to it. Was decent volume. Today, much higher volume. Another down day. And the reversal. That's institutional distribution. You also see another horizontal trend line, 293.08. The only reason why that's there is based on the gap. I had it there in case the spider went down to the gap. Why did the market stop where it did? That's a really interesting one. I want to jump right into that one. We talk about this one from time to time when we're in this situation. How do you know the market's going to fill the gap right away, stop short, play around with it, banter back and forth, come back and fill it later? What makes the market stop in between what's called the gap window and where the gap is filled? Well, not every time can we identify a specific reason, but this time, I think I have it. Here's a chart of the S&P E-Mini 500 contract. Same line, same gap, different number. 29.44 and a quarter was the gap. Today's low, as we move it over, was 29.44.50. Coming up one tick short of the gap, taking off to the upside like a rocket. Here's a 15 minute chart. There's your line. There's the gap. There's the rocket. There's your hourly chart. Big tail candle. Bottom of the tail, the gap. Pretty remarkable. How do you know that's going to happen? In advance, you don't know that's going to happen exactly. That's the whole business of trading. We're in the risk business. Look at this. Even inside the numbers, the important numbers for the ES and the SPY, 29-45, last number in the line. This was posted actually last night. No idea, obviously, what happened today was going to happen, but this was posted last night. The numbers are the numbers. By the way, since we're on the topic, what did Inside the Numbers members get from me They had an 1130 update that had nothing to do with the reversal because it hadn't happened yet. The market was bullish at the time. So we had a change in character. Whatever the reason is, who cares whether they pin it on China tariffs, this, that, and the other thing. We know the story of the markets. They go up and they're bullish until they reverse and then they're not. Doesn't matter what reason they plug in or excuse they plug in after the fact. But here's the point. We had a number in mind that the market would need to stay above to be bullish. $29.95 on the ES. There's obviously a corresponding number in the SPY. They dropped and kept going. This one appears real. No doubt it's a rodeo, but there's real selling pressure this afternoon. I'm just giving folks an update what's going on. Not that they can't see for themselves. But here's what we have to look for. Below yesterday's low would be good for the Bears, not for the Bulls. Spiking it is one thing. Kind of expected that ahead of time. So I'm giving you the preview at 130, what's likely to happen. Closing below on an hourly basis is another story. Why wasn't there another update in the afternoon for Inside the Numbers members? On purpose, by design. You can't do anything with the market from an intraday basis. You're either in a position and benefiting from it, or you have to be a spectator on the sideline. Trading a market that's moving back and forth, for example, in the case of the spiders, a dollar, $2 at a time, you can't trade that market. That's not for the everyday trader. That's not the business of trading. The swings are too wide. The risk is too wide. Unless you have a premium level, obviously understanding where your risk is, that's another thing. But in a case like this afternoon, the right thing to do is sit on the sideline and watch. Let's get back to the spider and then we're going to go down to some other time frames. We're going to look at the reversal. We're going to see exactly what happened. How does this thing turn around for the bulls? You have to close above yesterday's low. We just closed below it today. That's a very negative sign for the market. It's positive for the bears. That's why I discussed it in the middle of the afternoon. And you'll see how they fought that 295.48 level. Whether they were fighting that level or yesterday's low, at this point doesn't really matter. But one thing I can point to that I find very interesting is At 3.30 in the afternoon, the stock closed, or the spiders closed, at 295.48. Now, we've been looking at that number for quite some time. The last hour of the day opens up with the previous one having closed right on the number, with the one before that closing below the number. What are you supposed to do with that if you're looking for a trade? If you're a numerologist, if you will, like I am, and you're very tuned into the numbers and you take trades based on what the market is doing at certain numbers and you're looking at that. And this is a hypothetical. I wasn't looking to do anything at three thirty in the afternoon. I'm looking at that saying to myself as it's happening, I'm looking at a shorter time frame as the hour is about to close. And I watched them do it, and I watched them go right to 48 and close right on the number. Here's a five-minute chart. There's your close, 295.48, 1,530 hours. What was 295.48 important for again? Do we need a refresher? I think it's worth a minute. We got it from the 9th of July, and the reason was because the market reversed intraday from what I believe to be a very important area. Why don't we go back and take a look as a refresher? We've talked about it at the time. We've talked about it a few times since, but now that the market is where it is, I want to show you once again why I was so focused on that number. Here's an hourly chart, and here's that candle in the middle of the screen. This is on the 9th. It's the first hour of the day, so the market gapped down, reversed, and went higher, But that's not really it. That's not the only reason. It wasn't just because of that gap down and reversal on that day. It's all the other things that surrounded it. So let me explain. The market gaps up over here. And we go sideways a little while before we try to break to the upside. Now all of a sudden, the market comes back to that area in the general area of where it broke up to when it gapped up. Now, it could have stopped down here, and it could have stopped up here. But it stopped at 295.48, which is the reason why I selected the number. But here's what happened after the fact. We reversed that day and never looked back. We took off to the upside, and what do we talk about all the time? Markets like to come back and test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Now, who's to say exactly what to the penny is the breakout area, but I use that low as a definitive line in the sand for me. Now you know how I was looking at the chart and why. Now we get a different look. We go over to a 120-minute chart, and you see that candle from yesterday. We came to test that area, had a rocket ride off of it. Look where we went to after that, all the way up to basically wipe out the entire decline, and we did it by 11.30 this morning. I think I should have waited to put out the 1130 a.m. update, but I had to walk out somewhere and really didn't see it happen till after the fact. You know what that's like? That's like getting out of a trade because you've had enough and as soon as you hit the bid or the sell button, it takes off without you. It happens. I know it's happened to you. It's happened to me. It's happened to everybody. Who does that? It's manufactured by the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew. We know that. They've been over for holiday dinner. Back to the hourly chart. Now let's get specific on what actually happened from a technical perspective. Forget the tweets. Forget China. Forget all that nonsense. Check this out. The market fell to test an important breakout area. And then it ran up or rallied to test an important breakdown area. That's what happened. It's remarkable. It's an absolute rodeo. But if you've been listening to me or reading some of my stuff that comes through email, what happens when low volatility occurs or what follows low volatility is generally higher volatility. We just don't know exactly when or how it's gonna show up, but we know we can identify it when it does. Is that a top? Generally speaking, the 80-20 rule would say yes, that's a top. What would be a take back of the top? A close back above 295.48, for me, would put pause to the fact that there's a top. I think that number is that important. We've had important numbers before, and we've seen this before. We've seen the market center around these numbers, not just once or twice, but over and over and over again, which gives us more confidence each and every time that that number is, in fact, important. It certainly was important yesterday. What about the downside? What happens if we fall right out of the gate Friday? Well, we have gaps down here, but do they have to stop at the gaps? Now, here's something that everybody needs to be aware of. Just to put things in perspective, from the highs made just a few days ago, the markets come down 80 handles. That's 80 S&P handles in a flash. The market can move quick. Remember, we say this over and over again. The market's bullish until it's not. When it's no longer bullish and if and when a correction begins and if one's beginning now, they can happen fast, they can happen hard and they take back big swaths of points in a very short period of time as you just saw. We know the adage, the market takes the escalator up and the elevator down. And if we're entering one of those phases, we also need to be aware that that we will again see large swings in both directions as evidence of the last two days. Now, forget the Fed for a second. We can use the Fed as an excuse to get the market going, to get the juices flowing, to get the volatility to spike, to get stuff moving. But in reality, did the Fed do anything that was unexpected? Was there really a big disappointment? Not really. Is China new news? No, it never is. It just comes back around because we need it to pin it to a down market. We can debate whether it's the chicken or the egg. It really doesn't matter. Let's get back to business. Checking in at Camp IWM. What a remarkable move. So check this out. You can see what we're talking about right out of the chute. When you visualize on the daily chart, you can see... The high yesterday, the huge reversal today. That's a huge reversal based on where we were at the highs up near 158 and almost 153 at the lows today. That's tremendous. Think about tomorrow's close above or below that trend line. That's going to be a big deal. Why did we find support where we did today in the IWM? You can see it as clear as day. There's no accidents. There's no coincidences. It's in the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. If you can't see it, you should be able to see it. It's the reason the market closed or at least found some semblance of support where it did today. Now, here's the crazy part. All that bearish stuff, the reversal, the trend line, below the trend line, it's still bullish until it's not. That means the chart. Let me just flip it around for a second and play devil's advocate. We closed today above the breakup candle low. So technically... It's still okay. What happens if we have an update tomorrow and all of a sudden we're back at that trend line on Monday? What are we going to be talking about? I haven't the slightest idea. I really don't want to be talking about that. So therefore, let's move on and get to the VIX. Here's another thing that we discuss quite frequently. So we had this bear flag pattern that we talked about, and then the bear flag pattern was busted. We closed above the gap. That was bullish. And here we go. So These type of situations, like a bull flag pattern or a bear flag pattern, what normally would result in a continuing move to the downside, that same energy gets released in the opposite direction. That's what we just saw. We're collectors of the VIX down around 12 and below. There's a variety of types of collection businesses. Is this the end of a move or the beginning of a move? Well, it depends on what your time frame is. It depends on what your time horizon is. When we're looking at a daily chart, we can see that under normal garden variety market conditions, we found resistance up around the vicinity of some former pivot highs, which are the market's way of telling us, or this chart's way of telling us, that that price is important. Look at the sell-off we had away from that price. It's absolutely important, and now we just came back up to it. And by the way, is this also a former breakdown area. Yeah, you see what's going on here. You have pivot high, a former breakdown area. There's all the reason in the world why there would be overhead resistance in the VIX where there was today. Just so happens to coincide with the gap that was filled by one tick or not filled by one tick in the S&P E-mini futures contract. Accident? Coincidence? I don't think so. If you take a different perspective and you just kind of zoom out a little bit, you see a weekly chart and you say, well, have we just bottomed again? And are we going to go up for several weeks or are we just going to go back and forth in this range? A lot will depend on the weekly close and in one gulp. Did we just go from the lows to all the way above all the moving averages? And is that where we're going to close the week? It's possible. We'll see what happens after Friday's close. But these are the types of things I'm watching in the VIX. Somebody crashed into the transportation department. Down 2.5%. You see the trend line. Check it out from an hourly chart perspective. Here's yesterday's low. And the low is 10,598 and change. We closed at 10,586 and change in this hour, which was the 1330 hour, that's 130 in the afternoon. So in this case, you can see the importance of that low closed below that low, and boy, that was it. They just hit them hard, they gave up the ghost, and that was the end of it. We'll keep this trend line on there just for a little longer because what has a tendency to happen from time to time is the market will try and rally back up to recapture that channel and it will get rejected at that trend line. So we'll see what happens over the next few days. That can also formulate a bear flag pattern or a bear wedge pattern in the process. So we'll see. They can hit them hard. They can try and rally them. We don't know exactly what's coming tomorrow morning. That's why we analyze the markets every single day and we take them one day at a time, one candle at a time. Can they hit them hard tomorrow? They can absolutely hit them hard tomorrow. We don't know that they will. We don't know that they won't. But when you think about it like this, there's been a lot of people out there waiting for the market to come down. There's been a lot of people waiting to short the market. There's been a lot of people shorting the market the entire way up. Therefore, it's pretty garden variety that we're quote-unquote due for a correction. Now, in that vein, if... And it's a big if, but if markets are falling, you have to have buyers. That's what creates the support areas. You have buyers, you have short covering, and the markets go up from there. That's what happened today when the S&P E-Mini 500 hit the gap. You had short covering, you had buying, you had more short covering, more buying, and that's the way it works. Back to the point. You have to have buyers in order to add stability to the market for the support areas to be support. So in order for that to take place, you need still a contingent that any correction is meant to be bought. And therefore, you still always have a buy the dip crowd. How about the queues? Now, they weren't down all that much at the end of the day. Less than 1%, a dollar and a half on the queues. But look at where they were based on this morning's activity in comparison to where they finished. So they actually filled a gap. So there was a gap up here. They filled a gap. They reversed and went down hard. That's a reversal. We'll see if it turns into more. There it is. The XLF down 2.3% today. So the XLF was bullish and the market was bullish. All of a sudden, the financials aren't so bullish and the market wasn't so bullish. The XLF came down pretty hard today in one fell swoop Look at all the activity that they wiped out, all the bullish work, all the grinding higher they wiped out in one fell swoop. That's the elevator syndrome. Is this a one-day wonder and then they just turn around and go back up tomorrow? Unlikely. It's unlikely this is a one-day wonder. When the financials are bullish, it's unlikely the market's going to unravel. If the financials are unraveling, watch out. How about the SMH? Again, no accidents, no coincidences in this world. The close of the SMH is 114.73. The low of this breakup candle is 114.61. They did get below it, but they managed to close back above it. I'm not suggesting that's bullish or anything, I'm just saying. More importantly, down 2%, a pretty healthy down day. Look where we were just a few days ago compared to where we are now. Again, Not normal garden variety markets. Yes, that began with a not normal garden variety markets. For example, when you're in the midst of an uptrend that goes up all the way up like this, in the middle of it, you are in normal garden variety markets because the market is in an uptrend. But when that changes, when the character changes, when the trend changes, when you break certain important price levels, things change. Remember something that I say all the time. Doesn't make any difference whether you're the first person to the party. You just want to make sure you're there while everybody's having a good time. Real quick, look at this rip in gold. What did I say last night? 1,400, 1,410 in that neighborhood. What was a low today? 1,412 and change. Didn't even get a chance. Didn't see it until it was way too late. I was casually looking to start collecting gold around 14 and change. Now, I'm casually moving on to another market. Hammered. 7% down in crude oil. Holy smokes. Does anybody remember 54? And by the way, look at this here. You have a down move, and then you have a bear flag pattern that results in a continuing move down. And there, my friends is a pattern in the market that repeats over and over and over again. And I'll leave you with this one. Any trader that's taken the course at Lazy E-mini Trader can see that yesterday's top was right out of the course at Lazy E-mini Trader. You can't see the type of decline coming from today, but you can see why yesterday was a top. And there, my friends, is where I will pull the ripcord tonight. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast, Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.